Welcome along to the Wise Men's Here podcast and we have a league win to talk about. I'm not sure exactly when the last time that was the case, but we're going to make the most of it and we're going to have a good old chat about Sunderland beating Oxford, who, let's not forget, are one of the fancy teams in this division. So joining myself, Stephen Goldsmith and Gareth Barker tonight, we have resident Wise Men's Here, Michael Luff. Hello. Hello. And we have Phil Smith from the Sunderland Echo. Evening all. Evening. Let's crack straight on. Um, with talking about this, unless you want to do the, the whole small talk thing and tell us how your your weekends uh, <coughs> no, not really. were and stuff, or we're not bothering. We're not bothering yeah, with that. Who cares? I mean, we just feel like really. we've moved on. Well, it's 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 good broadcasting away, Gareth. But uh, our listeners probably uh, don't want to hear it. Unless you like got married <laughs> because they know or something, too well. then you know nobody's getting married at the moment. Exactly. So unless you did something, or you had yeah, a baby, yeah. no. I mean, Stephen, well, you that's, might that's have. Happened. I mean, <laughs> I'm having a few months off from that. Um, there was just you know, the, the, the dog was going off in the background when me and Gareth set up the meeting, <laughs> yeah. and I was concerned about that. He was the worst thing is I think he was just trolling us because I was looking at it's next door's dog, and I was looking outside, and I know my cats normally wind him up, but I was looking outside, and um, he was just barking at nothing. The cats even aren't in the garden. He was just in the middle of next door's garden, just barking, and I just thought he's just having my life here, but. I think he's been dragged in. So he'll, be a, he'll, he'll, he'll rock up in the garden with a dishwasher or something like that and start like doing like some noisy cleaning or something like that. Well, it's 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 a nice day, isn't it? So I'm kind of half expecting somebody to get the lawnmower yeah. out or the chainsaw out. Uh, it is a nice day. Unexpected nice weather brings that out of people, doesn't it? I'll quickly get the lawnmower out. Strimmer, um, get the strimmer out. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm not in Ryan, oh, but well. the minute, so we're not going to have any unwelcome interludes apart from my contributions on the podcast, so always good to know. I, I almost feel like we should just, everybody should uh, go somewhere where they know there's going to be background noise and we'll compare and see, and see which, was the, which is the best one, which one gets the most yeah. attention. I think the novelty will wear um, off that quite quickly if you listen to it. Oh man, you, God, the listeners are right, Gareth, you're really boring. Put it down. The listeners are right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's what they say about you. That's what they say about you, isn't it? I thought that was a general consensus. You had a boring yeah. voice or something, or you were boring. <laughs> Thanks very much. I am. I am, uh, well, I am mildly dull. I'll give you that, but you know, I wouldn't go as far as say I was you've boring. Got, you've got good football in inside, Gareth, and that's all that matters. That's all that matters in these things. Shall we do something? Did you that, enjoy? Your, <laughs> did you enjoy your trip down to Oxford, Phil? Yeah, yeah, it was it was good. Um, I think at half time, you were sort of questioning everything um, about <laughs> life and League I, One I mean, and football. Well, I mean, <laughs> and I'm saying that from both sides. That's not just a Sunderland perspective. You let's just... let's yeah let let's let's get at that. Let's backtrack a bit <laughs> before because I, I I think it is significant at half time. The reaction from Sunderland fans at half time. But let's look at the team selection first of all. Um, what do people think about that as a dog off? I think that's too too down. It's a diff- right, right. Let's carry on. Um, team selections. Firstly, any opinions on that? Or were people surprised by that? Uh, Will Greg coming out of the team? I certainly think people were right to have reservations over the team, particularly when you look at kind of our our away record under Parkinson since he arrived. I mean, so we'd only actually scored six goals in eleven games in the league since he came in. So when you see the Grand Ledbetters in the centre of your midfield, that almost gives you an indication of how we're going to play. And it can look a little bit defensive, so I can completely understand why people 
had the doubts over the team selection, I was amongst them. And I also thought it was perhaps poor man management on Parkinson's behalf to bring Grigg out, considering he's actually been playing okay despite not scoring competitively yet this season. But I was equally as delighted to be proven wrong a full time when we came away with a really good three points. Well, I mean, you know, proven wrong, I'm not sure about the Grigg thing because there'd be an argument to see how we still would have won the game if he was playing. I, I agree on the Will Grigg thing, I think. And this this seems to be the same narrative over and over again, Phil. It's like, this guy needs a run of games if, if you're going to expect him to score. And I thought this was very much, you know, that, that decision to leave him out of the team just came across like a, a teenager playing championship manager. <laughs> It just he's not scoring, so I'm going to make a change. Um, and he, I know what Mickey said, and we'll, we'll get on to that. We won the game, but were you yeah. surprised? Or, or yeah, you well, I, I, I wasn't surprised in the sense that I've had the sense pretty much since Graham came in that Parkinson's been very, very keen to get him in the side. You know, you just kind of pick up kind of an impression, don't you? And, and the one that I've very much had is that he wants Graham to lead the line. So I've kind of been expecting him to come in at some point. But I agree, because it kind of felt like a little bit stitch ups may be a bit harsh but it was kind of textbook he had 60 minutes against Bristol Rovers where they didn't really create any chances for him there wasn't really service alright we'll get him hooked and then we'll put him on the bench next week um, and I was I was disappointed because I kind of coming into pre-season I kind of I didn't really see Grigg playing any part I just thought that shit had kind of sailed and then in pre-season they're starting to play it with strengths a little bit more he's pressing really well which is something we had never seen from him in the past and I kind of thought actually you know, maybe we've turned a bit of a corner, but that seems to have lasted about a week and a half, um, which is a shame because I still think that could be the difference. You know, we looked at that Bristol Rovers game and you had 40 crosses into the box, 25 shots, which are pretty good numbers, but then Will Grigg hasn't had any of them. Um, so that's kind of an issue, and I still think over the course of the season that's a concern. I think, still think it's a concern that the centre-forwards, no matter who it is, White, Graham or Grigg, just aren't really getting many opportunities. Um, yeah. But I have to say as well, though, I, th- I thought the lead bit of call was, was a good one. Um, I don't think that role is, is Scowens. I think Scowens, you know, he, he played well against Aston Villa. He was good in pre-season, but his strength is going box to box. I don't really see putting him in front of a back three. I'm not really sure about that. And I thought lead bit was excellent. So, to be fair, I thought that call came off. I thought that was the right one. But, yeah, I'm still... I do have my reservations about the striker. Um, I think that's still. I think there's still a question mark over that. And even if Graham did do fine and Sunderland won the game, that's excellent. I don't think that means that you know you can't you can't have yeah. some some concerns going forward because it's no, a long old yeah, season. No, yeah, because we, we you know we need to be clear and we we're going to go on and we're going to really praise the performance now. So let's not get this confused for us being negative at all. And if the centre forwards had scored, I think it's a different argument. But I think it's fair just to acknowledge that in the case of Will Grigg and because of the strikers. Um, didn't score the goals. I think it's it's fair to bring that up. Uh, the lead bit of call um, looked to be the right one as it turned out. People were fifty fifty over that one, Gareth. I think generally that was the the mood I was getting from the Sunderland fans. But he's 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 pulled performance out, hasn't he? Yeah, I think it was logical to me that Scarn should come in. <clears throat> I think everyone was expecting that, and I think that was surprising. And I think that generated a lot of the. Um, you know, frustration, um, and I think it again, sort of touching on what Mickey said. Really, I think it's fair to that people were annoyed a little bit. Or, I mean, I wasn't. I was thinking, well, it's a bit odd, but at the same time, we're two games into the season. I'm not gonna, you know, start tearing my hair out. You know, there might be method to it. So, um, and Ledbetter, <clears throat> I understand the reservations. I mean, the game when he was playing before. You know the game was just completely passing him by. Um, 
you know, people just run past him. So I definitely thought Scarman would come in and if they lost the game, then those questions would have been, you know, ringing in his ears, but <clears throat> we didn't. So he can be justified in, in his choice. Um, and he did play all right, yeah. I mean, he did okay. Um, I don't think there was any particularly outstanding performances from anybody in the side, personally. Um, it was solid and functional. Um, Oxford were really poor, um, like surprisingly bad. Um, I know they had some problems, um, and that's not a discredit us because it was almost like once we got that goal, <coughs> scoring that ideal time right at the start of the half, <coughs> that was it then. It was just complete dominance, um, and it was a professional, I guess, as the cliche goes, display from them in the second half. Game management, another cliche uh, for the last few years. Uh, get that one out as well because it certainly was. Fortunately, Lee Burge didn't have anything to do um, for many reasons. And yeah. I th- we could have scored a couple of minutes into the game. Uh, was that a foul? I can't remember which player oh, it was. When, uh, was it Maguire? Maguire was it Maguire of, yeah. who went and pinched the ball no, from the defender and got pulled up on a foul? I thought that was harsh. I thought that was harsh. And then we hit the bar a few minutes later. Yeah, we did, yeah. So we got off to a great start. And then I thought, then, this is going to be one of those those days. We, I think we all said in the group chat, didn't we? There's got 1-0 Oxford written all over this. Just Sunderland missing like a host of chances and then and then them going up and scoring. But I'll be honest, I've never gotten the, um, the hype about Oxford. Um, I know, I know the, the the two podcasts that represent the lower league football or football outside the Premier League. I know both of those hosts are Oxford fans, aren't they? And uh, another one from not the top twenty in particular um, was going really big on Oxford last season. I thought, mm, I think you get a bit carried away there. And that was it was just a couple of weeks before we beat them down there. Then, but nevertheless, Phil, they are a fancy team, Oxford, and we we rose to the challenge. Yeah, I mean, I think to be fair, I've I've always felt they've caused some problems when they've played them in League One, um, but they were they were unbelievably bad. And again, I shouldn't be read as you know something didn't do well or it wasn't a good win because it was, but it was just absolutely bizarre to to watch them play like that. It was, it was very very strange because obviously they'd, they'd switched to a diamond and they were just playing. It was proper hoofball for the vast majority of the game. To be honest, very very strange completely bypassing their midfielders who I think probably are decent ball players um, and it just suited Sunderland really that's what Bailey Wright wants that's exactly how he wants to play you know um, competing with the centre forward and it was I thought he was very very good but it was it was very very easy for him you know if you compare it to the week before when yeah. Brandon Hanlon had caused him a few problems this was exactly how he wants to play so yeah it was a I, I mean generally speaking I, I do rate Oxford I, I have done the last couple of years but that was a pretty desperate performance from them yeah. to be fair I, I, I rate them in terms of they're going to be up there or thereabouts sort of playoff areas I've just never had them down as you know I think one of those podcasts tipped them to win the league and they've wanted them um, to come second interestingly and I did put not the top 20 on before this and is it George, is it George e- e- Alec, like Alec, is it yeah. yeah he um, he was raving about Sunderland and he said that if he was asked to revise his, his predictions now that he would have Sunderland firmly as number one, it's two. It's two games. It's two games. It, it, no, it, it is. People I know, but it's two. interesting because I, I, I guess what this game showed us, Phil, is firstly <clears> we've got a, a solid back three. I think, I think you'd be 
push to find three better centre halves. To be honest, at this level, playing and playing, I'm comfortable with each of those three. Um, Willis, Wright, uh, and Flanagan as well too. Who uh, I know maybe split Sunderland fans. We like, why, we why quite are, like, why we quite so like, well, we quite like them. Don't to get we? Flanagan out. It's like a weird, like people have decided the start of the season that he's the enemy or something, or he's the he's the fall guy, like. He's done absolutely nothing wrong in the last. He's had a pretty strong finish to the last season, and he's done nothing wrong in the first two games. You could argue he's probably been almost the most consistent of the three. So it's which strange to me that people are desperate to to get him out. I mean, saw comments about we've got an international on the bench or whatever. It's like, well, yeah, like he's an international. Conor McLaughlin's an international. I think What's that got to do he's not with changing up. He's not changing up back three, Phil, is he? Unless, unless there's a heller in one of them, or one of them gets injured. No, absolutely no way. Uh, I, I agree. I like Tom Flanagan, especially since that game last year where he uh, thumped one out of play because no one made a run from him at the stadium. <laughs> I like, do you remember that? That was yeah. that was the highlight of a dreadful season. Um, <laughs> so yeah, he's uh, that will go down in folklore. That'll be like, can you remember when this happened? Well, he, yeah. he, he could have done that, or done one that gone on of his little. Dribbles like Missy runs, yeah, yeah, yeah. There wasn't enough of that on Saturday. That yeah. was my only complaint. I want, I want more <laughs> of Flanagan in the final third. But um, no, I think. Look, I mean, I, I think probably what we've touched upon in terms of when we were talking about Will Grigg and the other strikers there was that I don't think really if people are looking at the Sunderland side and wondering what could stop them going up, I don't think it's going to be defensive or yeah, structural issues not. I mean we have we have seen that they can they can be stretched pretty easily by by pace um, I suppose that is a bit of a flaw but generally speaking you think they're going to be one of the best defensive sides in the league like this year and I don't think many teams will give up fewer chances than Sunderland I think you're pretty confident that um, and Saturday you know did reinforce that I think that um, defensive unit is very very strong I suppose the only thing as well you would say is that we probably need it larger sample size to see whether John McLaughlin's departure is going to have a is going to have an impact um, that's, I suppose is the is the one question mark if you like I think well I mean three competitive games this season two clean sheets and let's be honest the, 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 I know we've slagged Burge off for the goal against Bristol Rovers well, we, we, haven't, and, cons- we, we haven't conceded we, 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 a goal from Morton Play have we so yeah well yeah, and it was uh, whatever you think of Burge and I know you know some people aren't, aren't keen some more than others and he made three mistakes in, in two seconds, which was quite impressive to give the penalty away. But generally speaking, that's not going to happen. I, I don't think that's not going to be a regular thing. So, that, and, and what happened in the Bristol Rovers game, as, as we discussed last week, is when a keeper makes a mistake like that early in the game, the panic just spreads through the team a little bit. And when someone got settled, actually, they should have won that game comfortably. So we've got to assume that's not going to be a regular thing. So they're keeping clean sheets. That's the first thing, um, as Phil said. And then the other, the other thing to notice is Will Grigg didn't even get the pitch. The attack and reinforcements now, as um, confirmed by Gucci's goal, is you can see why people would look at Sunderland now and think they're going to be they're going to be tough to stop, right? Yeah, I think that um, Saturday's performance kind of summed up that we do when we've got our best team out have quality, which a lot of teams in this league don't possess. So bringing Lyndon Gooch off the bench and he's shown quality throughout last season. He was arguably a lot better than he was the season before last and 
he scored that goal at the weekend which was really well taken and he really likes to get the ball and run at defenders and make things happen so I think he's got that bit of X factor that a lot of teams in this league don't have and I think it just goes to show that if we play football in the right way and play to the team's strengths which have a very, we've got some good technical ball players in the team we've got some good options going forward so if we utilise them properly and play like we did in the second half then we'll cause a lot of teams problems and there's no reason why we can't go up but my slight concern would be why did they take the se- to do that in the second half because I think in the first half we were very direct unnecessarily and I think it's a little bit of the the Charlie White syndrome with Danny Graham in that we've got a more physical presence up front so naturally we're going long when it's not really necessarily the right thing to do so I just think we need to just like kind of play it by our strengths more because as we saw last season when we play football we can murder teams in this league I'd love yeah I'd love to know if that's Parkinson's instructions or not because he's got this reputation as being like a long ball manager. What you've just said there, Mick, kind of like sums up, you know, this one game sums up his time in charge because when he first came, the football was awful. We weren't getting results. Then at Doncaster away, there seemed to be a switch flicked and they started to play football. And, and that seemed to happen in, in, in the first half and second half. That change seemed to happen again at the weekend. I think the two up front things, an interesting one. Um, I didn't really think he needed to rip it up and start again. I think this. I think the shape of the team. I know people because people, people often focus on the back three. It's like oh, we're playing three at the back. It does feel as though we have ripped it up a little bit with playing the the two with the one. Well, behind you assumed it was to get Will Grigg in the team, didn't you? That that's what you would have just, thought, but he didn't play just, again. I don't think we don't look as. I know we had some decent efforts against um, Bristol Rovers, and we did put pressure on, but. The problem we're having with with this the system now is when the fullbacks are getting the ball, when they're getting the ball in the final third and the start of the final third, so when they're coming in the last sort of forty yards from goal, ordinarily Hume you'd have Gooch going down the side of him or offer him an angle inside and then he could move it in, he could pull the defender away. Whereas at the moment it feels as though he's having to either try and dribble past the man to get across in or cross it from deep. Um, we're not working the ball at the byline. <clears throat> Maguire's a lot quieter playing in that one behind. I don't really understand, and you know, some people may say, well, you've never mentioned it before, and it is kind of odd. It's kind of like his in plain sight. It's like, why why has Lyndon Gooch been binned? Like, him, I think it's because it's, it's of the change. But it's just odd. Really, it's just odd, like, I mean. But the, the, why, why, would, you, why two, would you change your system? Well, the remove, two to remove, to, to, to remove Will, him. I know, but but he's well, not playing. To get playing, Will so. in the team, but, he's and, not but also to get yeah, no, so I know that, that's what I'm it? saying. So be, before this, before this game, you would have assumed it was that. But also, like you just mentioned, Maguire there. It's obviously maybe to get him on the ball more and play midfield. What was your your thoughts on on Maguire's performance from when, actually at the ground and watching it live, Phil? Because again, he got a lot of praise on on not the top twenty pod for his performance, but through the telly, maybe that didn't come across. Yeah, it's an interesting one. I think he's been quite quiet the last couple of weeks for me. Um, maybe I just know nothing about football, which is definitely <laughs> a possibility. But um, I think he, he's, the one thing I would say about Maguire is I think like I think the penny's kind of dropped in that his, his graft's pretty consistent now. I'm not always sure that was the case in the first sort of year or 18 months. His defensive position's very good. He tracks back. He does all the work. Um, and obviously you know that over the course of the season he's going to chip in with goals. I mean, I know I'm going back a little bit, but... You know that finish against Bristol Rovers. I don't think there's anyone else in the league you want that chance to drop to. You know he's so good from that distance. Um, but I, it, it is interesting in terms of the system because I don't think he's been as influential as he was towards the end of last year. And 
when I've asked Parkinson about the changing system, the the idea seems to be that what the he felt they were lacking last season in attack was basically not getting enough players past the opposition defenders, not turning the opposition defence enough and not quite getting enough bodies in the box. So the idea isn't just to get O'Brien in, who I think he feels is more natural in terms of stretching the defence than Lyndon Gooch, who likes to play a little bit deeper, but it's also to get Max Power higher because he wants Max Power making runs into the box and what have you. Um, so that that's, seems to be, that's how he's explained it in terms of the logic, but I, I, I kind of agree. I, I think you have to get Lyndon Gooch in the side and that's not just a sort of... Or because you know we all know players become better when they're not in the team, right? But with Lyndon, I I, t- I do think it's he, he's got something that's, that that's under need in that team, and he can be a frustrating player. He can take on shots when it's not the best option, and he can hold on to the ball for a bit too long. But I just think generally, um, you know, it's it, it's brave not to have that attacking quality that at, at this level in the team. He scored. He I scored. think we have looked more dangerous. So, like I agree with Lyndon Gooch and trying to find a way to get him in the team, but I don't. Well, O'Bri- I think O'Brien we, 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 we look we look more dear. We we create more chance. We're more chance than we did last season. I think. I mean, O'Brien just keeps getting in really good positions where you think, oh, yeah, he's got in a you know a really good position there, and he just at the moment he's just turned everything just wide. Um, yeah. So I guess that's the, um, you know, hopefully it's not one of those where it becomes like, oh God, when's he going to finally score? Yeah. Um, because yeah, like you say, he should have had a he should he should have killed that game. Um, you know, after he had two good chances and. You know that's not to kind of hammer him because, like I say, he, ke- he keeps getting in good positions where you think, yeah, it's, you know, and he made a run in the first half actually where Ledbetter found him over the top of the defence, which is exactly what I'm talking about, where he pulled into space on the left. And I thought, yeah, that's really, really good play, but you know, he, if he's going to play as a centre forward, he needs to convert those chances, doesn't he, somewhere along the line? I guess. I think what's um, encouraging about O'Brien, I agree with what Phil says, he's getting into some great areas, but obviously his finishing hasn't been up the standard but what encourages me about him is when you look at his goal reel for Millwall when he signed they're the kind of positions that he thrives off and he gets into the right areas and he's proven in the past that he can score a good amount of goals at this level so just hopefully um, one of them will go in for him like early on the season if he keeps on getting in those positions I'm sure we will get a goal sooner rather than later but just to kind of build on what Stephen was saying slightly I don't know about necessarily creating more chances but I think we've asserted more control on the game than we did last season because I know that sounds silly when at points last season we were three or four goals up like at half time in certain games but I think them games were like very frantic and we kind of had a half an hour spell where we were absolutely fantastic but then obviously you can't sustain that for 90 minutes but I think what we saw on Saturday was a sustained half of football where we were just completely dominated that game we controlled the ball we had a lot of possession and we did it in the right areas as well so I think that's like really good going forward because you'll win a lot more games away from home if you can assert that kind of control and I think maybe not having like fans in the ground for the time being might be good for that You're not, so when you're going away from home when you have time on the ball you haven't got like a kind of intimidating atmosphere at some of these grounds so as I say I think it's really pleasing the way we controlled that game in the second half and quietly we did create a lot of chances and if we'd won that game perhaps 4-0 you couldn't have really had any complaints I was quite I was quite relaxed even at half time you know I know Phil's saying there that he was having a bit of an um, existential crisis and, <laughs> and and wondering what was happening but uh, I, I, saw, I thought it was a bit of a real reaction on social media at half time I was quite relaxed after the Bristol Rovers game as well I just, in the context of Oxford being one of the fancy teams I thought we yeah we need to be better and we did get better but it was half it was you know one half of football against one of the fancy teams 
and I don't know. I, I feel quietly confident. It's the most confident I've ever felt in a while. Really? Both well, see, look, I know Peter got the two goals in injury time. I think it scored in the ninety first and ninety sixth minute, didn't they? Yeah, um, like but that, yeah. it's interesting. You know, not sort of attempt fate or anything like that. But and obviously they lost the first game, didn't they, Peterborough? Mm-hmm. So Portsmouth have drawn two. You know, you you look at that and go. Usually, there's a kind of joke about it. After ten games, Peterborough top and have like beaten everyone ten nil. Like and then and then they don't do anything for five months and then like they re, they kind of reemerge at the end of the season and miss out on the playoffs. So that's generally the pattern for them. Um, so it's interesting that they maybe haven't come out the blocks, um, you know, smashing teams. Um, <clears throat> so it'll be on on other lads. will preview it on Thursday, but it's quite good to get some of the the more fancy teams. In now and get those games out of the way. If we win those games, it's oh, good. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's a, yard, it's a good yardstick for for you know where yeah. people are now, and you know you'd want to get them and get them get those games out of the way, get the points on the board, um, and you know go from there and lay a market down, and those teams thinking, well, you know, we're the fancy teams in the league, and some of them have beaten beaten both of us, and you know. You want psychologically, it would be, you know, good advantage to have, and obviously building our confidence, thinking you know we we can beat the better teams in the league, um, you know get get into those top two positions. Like, I mean, I know we've 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 been top once I think since we've been down, and that was after we beat Charlton in the first game of the season. So, so I don't think that counts. Um, but you know, we since then I don't think we've been in the top top two. So, you know, after seven, eight games, if we're in that top two, you know, that, that is a very... I think that's a quite a significant sign. Sounds good in theory. I like it. But the, 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 it why not? I mean, Phil Carter. If it, no, no, no. I, 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 I agree. If, if, we, if, we, if we come through this run of games where we're playing difficult teams <coughs> up here and we're in a good position, not only does that send a message out, but confidence is going I mean, to be through the roof. I know you... Can't go the other way, though, as well, can't Yeah, you? I know. I mean, I know you were going <coughs> to come to Phil I'm sorry to interrupt, but... I know you like obviously Phil was saying about and I said at the start of the season well logically Oxford would probably be favourites because they finished last season strongly and missed out on the playoffs um, but like are the we've mentioned this before Stephen are these are these teams that good like it's yeah, every it's tell, what, watch, tell you what watch Quest right on a Saturday night and every ev- Every week, it's a di- the one of the mid- the midfielder who's created a goal that week and with a nice pass is the classiest midfielder in the league. There's about fifty. Every, there's, by the end of the season, there's fifty classiest midfielders in the league because it's a different one every week. So who's the classiest midfielder in the league then? You know, like I know I'm slightly exaggerating, but it's true. Watch it, and it's always like, oh, these are the best two passes of the ball in the league. This this player's the best at this in the league. This player's the best at that in the league, and they're like they are like just men. It's like it's League One. It's like <laughs> we're not playing against David Silver every week and people like that. It's League One. Like people need to just maybe calm down and go. Well, the task isn't maybe as insurmountable as people think. If you get a good run of games together, we're not playing unbelievable teams, and I bet you a lot of teams out there would want the level of player and the quality of player we've got in our. Side comparatively, 
I think we're lacking attributes in the squad rather than quality at this level. So we're lacking, say, pace, <coughs> maybe a bit of strength in areas. But generally, in terms of footballers, I mean, they are, you know, the, the, it's, the, there's not much disparity between the better teams in the league, I think is the point I'm trying to make. And Marcus Madison hasn't signed for anybody yet, so when he signs for somebody, he's going to be the classiest passer of the ball in the league when he signs for somebody. So let's all look out for that in the next few weeks when he goes to Blackpool, something like that. <laughs> and they're favourites then for promotion when they sign him. Ethan Robson and uh, Marcus <laughs> Madison. Dear me. It's a Sunderland yeah. fan's wet dream, isn't it? Dear me. <laughs> Phil, you look like you were going to say something there. No, I was just going to say the classiest player in the league is, is Tom Flanagan. I think that's firmly <laughs> yeah. established now, right? That's something we can all get behind. Great. Definitely. I'll Definitely. tweet, I'll tweet Quest wanna, later. Does somebody else get as carried away as I'm getting? <laughs> because, because even even after the whole game, we drew. You know, we went out in penalties and we drew 0-0. Hull have started quite well and they've got a decent team, certainly on paper. And I thought, you know, Will Grigg got two goals on another day would have both been, would have both counted. And I went away after that game feeling quite optimistic. I think the, the goalkeeping error disrupted everything in the Bristol Rovers game. Their time wasting disrupted everything. And when you when you calm down from these moments, in hindsight you look back and say, that can happen. You know, the Brist- we won't be the fir- we won't be the you know, we weren't the first, we won't be the last team to be shit housed to a one one draw in a game of football. And then we've gone to a team that were fancied and won two nil and um, I know we're not supposed to be positive as Sunderland fans at the moment because of the ownership situation and and sometimes it's hard to separate those two things um, but come on someone else share my optimism and my enthusiasm here I feel like I'm trying to drain it out of your all I think another positive is after the Peterborough game we've got Charlton away after that and they seem to... we've got Charlton coming up definitely yeah. Yeah. and I think that they're in a bit more cra- obviously I knew they were in like, a lot of turmoil off the pitch but I didn't realise how much that was translating onto the yeah. pitch and, and when you think they had a very poor run at the back end of last season when they got relegated and I was listening to one of the podcasts the one that's not the, not the top 20 if that makes sense I can't remember the name of it D3D4 yeah that was the one that's the premium yeah. podcast Maggie, that, that of, of, of the two in my opinion that's my favourite yeah. 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 to be fair it, yeah. it's the first time I've listened to either of them like today and um, when I was listening to that podcast they kind of described Charlton as perhaps being the South End of League One this season like not to the same extreme but they were kind of making the point that they don't think we'll be up there challenging so hopefully if we get a good result against Peterborough then you're going into the Charlton game with a lot of confidence and it'll be nice given like our kind of history with them to get a result you know what I mean so hopefully in a couple of weeks we're sat here with like with them um, I can't do basic cases too I've with 10 points on the board and then we can look and that becomes a very good start and then suddenly you, as you say you could be in the top two when you're looking up the league and you've really started with good momentum I think Charlton have got a child playing in defence at the moment I think I think they've got a 17 year old lad playing yeah, a Yeah, he scored no goal, didn't yeah, he? Um, he scored no goal the weekend. Well, yeah. a lot. I, I think they're, they're on a transfer embargo as well, so it is probably going to be, you know. Well, we did draw them. twice with Bolton last year, so maybe uh, let's not use that yeah, as a, yes, well, <laughs> as a measure for anything. Yeah, arguably one of the worst games ever to take place at Stadium. I want to be honest. I want to go. I want to. I want to go back and hear about Phil's <laughs> state of mind at half time. <laughs> yeah. 
Maybe I shouldn't. Maybe I shouldn't have let him let him just run with that at the start instead of backtracking and like taking a one, taking a back a couple of steps. Yeah, I mean, no, it's just one of those <laughs> things, isn't it? Like, because obviously, you know, I'm unbelievably fortunate that I get to go and actually watch the games. Like, so lucky. Um, but at the same time, it is strange. It is very, very strange, and especially at the weekend, kind of like not to get too serious, but with the way things are going and stuff, you kind of sat there at half time, and the football is just. It was atrocious from both sides. There's nobody there, you know. You do. I do. I was just kind of thinking a bit like, you know, <laughs> why? But then you know, within within a minute, Luke one nine stuck one in at the back post, and you know, Aidan O'Brien has a couple of chances. You think, all right, here we go. Life's um, good again. Yeah, yeah. So well, no, he, it's just it's very it's very strange. If, if we'd been playing down at Shrewsbury this week or place like that, there would have been a thousand fans in. So you know, you would have been. You probably would have felt a bit differently about the situation um, you know hearing people on the ground again and you know even though it's a, a small amount even on the on the telly it makes a difference you um, could tell couldn't you you yeah. actually really could tell watching the highlights in the games that even just a thousand yeah. you could tell the atmosphere was completely different I enjoyed the, um, the booing when like the opposition like scored it and stuff like that it was like quite pantomime it was quite good yeah it was like a like an early next gen football computer game or something like that. <laughs> it's like lots of booing and hissing from the uh, the fake crowd. Um, but it was quite... I was I was disappointed that like none of the away players went and like celebrated in front of the like social yeah. distance crowd and like gave it the big one. I think that would have been that would have been good fun. So, but, I know you're a cricket fan, Phil, and it's slightly off topic, but with all the money that the Premier League have put into adorning the stadiums with banners and things like that. I don't know if you've seen any of the IPL stuff earlier, but yeah. they've been pumping in crowd noise, and it sounds amazing. It sounds like there's a crowd there. Um, like, the noise on the telly is pumped into the stadium, basically. Now, I know some people like say, well, you can't... You know, you you can't do that because it's... You know, they'll get rid of fans forever or something like that, which is, like, ridiculous because that won't happen. Um, Who would say that? Well, you know you, you know what, you, you know what I mean? It's like people kind of use it as, like, oh, it's a gradual phasing out of the importance of football fans if they could just, like, pump noise into the ground. I just wonder how, what kind of react... What, you know, what that would be like as a player, like, having that sort of ambient noise. Sound effects don't bring in money. No, no, <laughs> but yeah, be... that wasn't the bit, that wasn't the point I was making. It was more that I'm surprised that some clubs at a top level haven't decided to uh, maybe, you know, put, like, some decent, you know, PA speakers in the stadium, not the not the ones for the announcer, but, like, prop, like a proper yeah. rig and, and pump some some crowd noise in. But when the fans are quiet, yeah. Well, that, that's going to be the that's going to be the owner's next threat, isn't it? We'll just we'll just put fan noise in. None of you can come in. Maybe that will be their next yeah. uh, the next threat. But which, which club would do that? Which club would put fake fan noise in to try and make the support sound better? Reading. Crystal Palace. Crystal Palace. My money will be on. Definitely Reading. That would definitely be Reading. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. If you haven't watched the Redden um, video they released at the start of the season, you need to go and find that. You need to Google that and mm. find that and watch it. They brought out a music video, didn't they? Was it they released a kit or something like that? It wasn't that. Yeah, I don't know what it was it. for, but it was just. Yeah, I can't. No, none of us can do it justice. Just go and dig it out. But yeah, you should if you if you should check out that if you like flick 
you know the IPL on on for like two minutes like if you get the chance and listen and it sounds amazing like I didn't realise until yesterday that it was sound that was being pumped into the ground I just thought it was like over the top like just uh, over the top of the you know like the over the top like they have been doing in the in the football etc but it does sound pretty impressive and it does make you think you know all that investment in the sheets across the seats and elaborate sort of banners and that you think with the money they've got, why, why didn't anyone think? Oh, let's let's have a bash at this and see what we can do. But anyway, I know that's sort of a slight off-topic thing. It's not something we have to worry about. Something that'll be happening in League One. We can't even put our flags on the seats or whatever by the look of it. Oh no! Shall we have a quick break and then come back and do the last five minutes and we'll look at people's tweets if there are any? I look at checked. people's tweets. <laughs> but I did. I did. Oh, yeah, no, well, I did. Do you mean people, have you asked questions? Or are you just going to like go down? Yes. I ask people. I ask people. ask questions and make comments. In the last couple of weeks, yeah. we we forgot to do it. So let's have a look at. You know, let's as, have a look at uh, Chris Waddle's likes and see see what he's <laughs> been up to. Let's do do that. What's Matt Letizia <laughs> right. been saying about the daily briefing? Let's have a look at some tweets. Let's, let's have a quick break and then we'll come back and just do another five minutes or so. Hi, this is Darren Williams, and you're listening to the Wise Men Say podcast. Well, some people were lucky to get into the football grounds uh, this the weekend. Just gone a thousand in in some grounds, like we've said. And what those people should have been doing is decking themselves out in appropriate match attire. Uh, of which, it is my opinion that from the terraces is a good option for that. Do you agree, Michael Love? The best option, the only option. <laughs> Tell me about talk. Talk to me about the um, items of clothing you own from from the terraces. Yeah, I've got. Um, well, as Gareth said the other week, I haven't quite got a wardrobe. I've got a few bits and pieces. Uh, I'm a big fan of the sweatshirts. You know, we're kind of transitioning from summer to more autumnal weather, so it's always good to have yes. a have a sweatshirt. Yes, it is. So you've got like the option. You're keeping yourself warm, but you're not going to be roasting when weather. Them. I like it exactly. Yeah. So mm-hmm. absolutely, absolutely ideal. And then if you if you're off to the pub to watch the game, if if we're still allowed to at the weekend, then polos are always great for that. So yep, we've just got the range, and we've now got the city series coming out. So whether you were su- obviously only Sunderland fans listening to this, probably so get yourself kitted out in the Sunderland city series and rep both the city and the club. Or Glasgow, if you support Celtic or Rangers as your second team, which isn't a thing as much anymore. It's Good. not like the days in the eighties when people would go to the to the match with a half Sunderland, half Celtic, or half well, Sunderland, half Rangers that. hats or, yeah. or scarves. But it was very, very common. Know, in the there football was loads of them. They were all, loads of them. all over the place. Yeah, no. Yeah, the hats, the hats in particular. Could you be asked? Um, I mean, so we're not, it's not difficult we're not, enough. We're not it's not difficult there, enough yeah. properly supporting one club than like having to like support another one. I mean, it's a right faff on, especially if you chose Rangers. I mean, Jesus, end up in the fourth division of <laughs> fourth division of Scottish football while watching Sunderland nearly get relegated every season. Don't bother. Just pick one. Just pick one. Yeah, I used. To, I've been to a few Rangers matches a long time. Well, ago, you would go to Rangers matches. I was made match, to yeah. feel. I was made feel to feel very welcome, and I was there <laughs> when they won the one in the League One. They won the league one one year when they had outscored Celtic, and I think they won it by one goal or something, and they scored in the last minute. I think it was about two thousand three, <laughs> something like that. It's never normally yeah, it's never normally so close between those two, is it? It's usually, it's usually there's loads of other teams in the mix. I think it was called Helicopter Saturday or Sunday that game, Stephen. Well, no, no, no. That was a year when <coughs> Celtic were winning one nil, and then um, Scott McDonald scored two goals in injury time. 
So that's what cost Celtic the title, where this was Rangers scoring in the last. Right. Game. Okay. I'm right. sure. Yeah. No. Uh, yeah. Um, there were different years. I think somebody might want to. Say that I'm wrong about I would that. Just say, How we've tangents off it. Anyway, from the terraces. <laughs> yeah, from the terraces. I feel the like, I feel like uh, Chris Sutton's going to come in any moment with a terrible <laughs> opinion. So let's move on. Very quickly. From the terraces. The discount code for from the terraces, Gareth, is? Uh, WMS10. There's a podcast as well, if you want to listen to that, where um, the lads don't take themselves seriously at all. Um, and it's a very, very light-hearted a view of football, but it's very funny as well. Definitely worth. It feels like they've toned it down a bit recently, so which turned. I don't know is a good or a bad thing. But you know, feels a little bit more like they're trying to it's be a bit more just, serious. It's just plateaued out at its natural level. There's nothing yeah. wrong with that. Right, come on, let's just do another five minutes. Did you get? Did you manage I to get did, the tweets I, up? We've covered off? most of the stuff off, um, but the main things, and since we've got Phil here, I guess is um, Eddie. Um, at Houghton1956 asked do you believe the takeover is really happening we're going to have to talk about the takeover thing um, and I'll meet all the, I'm going to not single people out like he has but are people in the media maybe being um, used as conduit for information by the club um, well that's a good question um, no look it's a funny one talking about the takeover because um <laughs> If a start yeah, and answer takes this long, it's never a good sign. <laughs> well, no, I, no, I've got to be careful, though, right? Because I don't want to. Um, the one thing I don't want to do is is give off get an banned. impression of an inside information that I don't <laughs> yeah. have. Do you know what I mean? That'd be um, impressive to get banned at the moment. Yeah. You know I mean, <laughs> nobody else can go, and neither can you. Get out. <laughs> no, I mean the, the one. The one thing I would say, because I think we all know what's been referring to there, is um, no, I. I wouldn't have done anything different to Barnsley, I don't think, in his situation. Um, you know, I, Barnsley's a, a journalist of, of, of real integrity. Um, and so, yeah, I, that's, that's what I think. The takeover's been, look, the takeover's been a really strange one. Last summer, when we knew Mark Campbell was going to take over the club, you know, you were speaking to people and the, the whole place, it was just a total state of paralysis. No one could do everything. Everything was waiting for this to go through. Um, and it's just not been like that this summer. It's just been very, very strange. The mood about the place has just been completely different. People have, to an extent, just been kind of cracking on, um, you know, and like everybody else, it seems strange to me that we had this huge asking price set and at that stage no one was in the data room. Um, the pandemic's only worsened since then and all of a sudden the takeover's going to happen. So that's felt strange to me as well, but that's that's me speaking kind of, you know, from from instinct rather than inside information um and the other thing i would say is that you know the club is very very different to where it was 12 months ago as well in terms of you know a lot of key sort of of Stuart donald's allies or appointments if you like have left the club now it's now run very very differently with not a huge amount of influence from Stuart. so is it feasible that the, the Stuart is off concluding a takeover deal somewhere else and nobody at Sunderland knows a huge amount about it yes it is so um I'm sorry that's a convoluted response, but you know, I don't want to, um, like I say, I don't want to give off the impression that I have inside yeah, information no that I don't have. Bill, um, yeah, if, you're, if you're not informed about I guess so. people were just interested in your opinion. I guess. Yeah, and that, that is my opinion. Like everybody else, I found the whole thing very strange. Um, yeah, very, very, very strange. And like everybody else, I'm very interested to see what comes next. I think if people would be Any talking about the hell of a lot more if uh, we'd lost the first two games of the season. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and but that that just feeds into the to the idea. There's nothing happening, doesn't it? Because they, this is what they want. 
to just go on a good run and then everybody almost and I said it earlier on didn't I I almost said like I'm kind of I'm getting not excited but I'm get, starting to get really confident about the team on the pitch I think will look really good and I was almost conflicted thinking we're not supposed to feel like that at the minute because we you know we really really do need a change of ownership and we do uh, but I get I guess that's what some people would say well, the hope was wouldn't wouldn't well it? if you look at well the way things are at the moment generally you know people believe anything I mean microphone's gone people believe anything it was a ghost but let's just put out there as a conspiracy theory you know and wearing a mask is like you know you, it's, it's apparently the end of the world to some people and then you've got like all sorts of other stuff as well people like find anything they possibly can to like get into on social media and stuff like that won't they so you know, the, whatever side of the fence you sit on with a takeover thing, it'll always be either you, you're complicit in some capacity. Um, so, yeah, I'm kind of glad in a way that we're not talking about it because it's just yeah, quite no, it's quite am, it's quite energy sa- it's quite energy sapping, isn't it? Really, to like especially after say the yeah. last last six months, yeah. week, we haven't played a game of football. You know, you want to you want to just like put the football on on a Saturday afternoon and like watch a game yeah. and like and, and enjoy it like that's and no doubt no doubt we'll all start fuming again when we like oh yeah definitely lose 2-0 at home at Peterborough or whatever when, but when for the Peterborough moment, finally win, enjoy it when Peterborough finally win that game te- the 10-0 um, that, that they will win I just, I just I hate it when people suggest Sunderland fans like overly ne- like overly negative and stuff because I just don't believe that's a case I think social media makes it look like that and it's not accurate and let's just Enjoy the fact that I think that you know we're looking defensively strong. We have all these attacking options now. We've just beaten one of the the fancy teams comfortably. Really didn't even you know get out of second gear really. And like Gareth said, Peterborough provides us with a real opportunity now to make a statement because Oxford and Peterborough were the two teams that were fancied by everybody. With Portsmouth being the third one, and they, I don't think it's that long before we play them either, is it? Twenty fourth of October. Let's be positive. Let's go out on a positive, and uh, we'll be back on Thursday um, to preview that game at the weekend. Quickly, anybody else? Anything to add? Because I want to get off, have me tea, and watch the football. Not nothing for me. Great, great. <laughs> Silence is what I was hoping for there for a change. That's what people uh, were saying when, 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 when the pod started. Is that what the listeners thinking? <laughs> Silence is what we were hoping for. Yes, definitely. Right. Thanks for listening.